0: I of Got addicted to a losing game If I knew now how hard... It- was to make a successful career in music when i started i don't know that i would have started and delusional i'm still delusional i think you have to be yeah for sure i think you have to be um and i think you should embrace that because like you know it's part of the fun in
1: 1837 horace mann created the education system a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors the same system that is still being used today in the 21st century now mann's system is backfiring We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians,
0: teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life.
1: And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast, and today I'm joined by a really, really good friend of mine, Pace Randolph. Pace is a super talented musician and artist who has built up a following of over 100,000 followers online. Even though we only met about five months ago, he's become one of the closest friends in my life, and I'm really excited to share with you his story in this episode. This is a really interesting episode. To date, it is my longest ever episode, and the majority of it is Pace sharing his story. He shares his story of becoming a musician, moving to Europe, learning a new language, having a fresh restart at life, dealing with self-doubt, and struggling with imperfection. Through this story, I point out the many lessons we can take away from it, and I just find it really fascinating, if I'm being honest. We then shift gears and we start talking about growth on TikTok. Pace has been and is still one of the only people I know personally who has been grinding on TikTok to grow his personal brand and reach new people. As a result, we often bounce ideas and workshop ideas together. He shares an incredible initiative he created, how he approaches the platform, his new series that is getting millions and millions of views, and how he was able to get in contact with Adam Levine from Maroon 5, and how he got Adam Levine to personally invite him to perform on stage with Maroon 5. As per usual, please DM myself if you enjoy this episode and please, please, please reach out to Pace on Instagram and give him some love. He would love to hear from you guys and I promise you he will respond and be so stoked to get your messages. Just like I'm so stoked to get your messages whenever you guys message me. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are enjoying the show. And if you want to see me come speak at your school or have me come talk at an event and you're in Australia, specifically Sydney, click the link in the show notes below and get in contact with me. I would love to come and speak to your students. Now, over to Pace.
0: This is the first beer I've had Oh,
1: Uh, since last year. No way. Yeah. I thought you had drunk, oh my god. No,
0: I had champagne
1: on the website. <laughs> That's <laughs> iconic. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. How good. Dale, welcome so much to the podcast. Or should I say Pace? Well, you can say whatever you want. Pace, Dale, your stage name? Um, yeah, Pace Randolph. Pace Randolph, welcome to the podcast. Not sure what we're going to be talking about today, um, but as per usual, we'll just start off I guess, with your story. Love okay. to know what you did after high school mm-hmm. and uh, what you're doing now and everything in between.
0: Okay, what I did after high school. The I guess the big dream after high school was I was um, I was in a band. We were like a pop rock kind of band. I guess I wanted to be Green Day in some way, shape or form. That's actually the first album I ever had.
1: Really? Yeah. American, American Idiot? American Idiot. Ah,
0: that's my favorite album of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the first one I ever got. Yeah. Literally any front to back, top to
1: bottom, I can listen to that album at any point it's in my so life. Good. There's like five, four or five, like, bangers in that album which is that's, crazy
0: and it just makes me feel something like it's this mix between like nostalgia for something that i've never known mm. it's like this nostalgia for like a, a time in a part of america that i've never been to and i probably wasn't even alive
1: during that time mm. but it just makes me feel like i that's been taken from me yeah well, that's the power of music like that's for crazy. me i remember when i listened to that album i think of like you remember the ipod shuffles those tiny little squares did you ever have those mm-hmm. the tiny little ones so for me it's like that with my crap Apple headphones like in a camper van going across yeah, Australia. Yeah. Oh, that's what I remember. That's yeah. It's crazy. Music and like smells. Yeah. Smell is the the biggest trigger. Right.
0: Memory trigger. Oh, maybe I should do start doing like concert and smell experience. Combined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like four D. <laughs> yeah. Um, back to what we were doing. Yeah. So we were playing in bat in a band. Um, spoiler alert, not, not spoiler alert, but not a lot of people know this, especially people who like follow my music now. The band was called Jade Monkey. And, um, we we're playing literally, we we're playing a show every single week. We took every show, every shit show, like we took, we'd show up and like there'd be two people in the audience mm. or like our friends. Um, and we were just like grinding hard. And, um, we also, uh, started by my, by the guitarist, the lead guitarist in the band, um, or I guess there were two lead guitarists. One of the guitarists in the band who was also like my co-writer, we wrote the songs together. He started um, posting these uh, YouTube videos of him doing like, playing along to whatever like, the first one he did, funnily enough, as um, you'll find out later, was this TikTok song by Kesha. TikTok on the yeah, yeah, yeah. And this song, he did this version of it where he was playing guitar and he was just shredding over it. And it went like, kind of viral. It had like, fifty to eighty thousand views on YouTube. And like mm. that was a that was like back then that was viral and it was relatively early days of YouTube. Um so he did this thing and I was like, oh this could be a great way for us to grow as a band. So we started doing like guitar and bass because I played bass and sang in that band. We started doing like videos of us playing like and, and the way that we had we would do it is like as soon as a new song came out that we thought would be a hit, mm. we'd get together and like we'd practice and practice and like create the parts and then we'd release the video like that next day or something like that. So we're like as soon as, and it used to be a thing that people searched for like cover of Oh man, that was song. huge. It was huge. Back huge, then, yeah. everyone
1: wanted to do like remixes or covers. Totally. Or, I actually remember a Bangerang cover on guitar. You know, yes. Skrillex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I know like, that song. I love that song. Yeah. yeah. He did a, Look at
0: this. Bandaran, that's what I think every time I see that. <laughs> um, that's a non-visual. Uh, that's a visual feature for people listening. Yeah, let's go watch the YouTube video. Um, yeah, so we started doing these like rock guitar and bass covers of of hit songs, and um, the biggest one I think we did was Gangnam Style. Oh yeah, and that one I think it had like five hundred thousand views or something. Which we were like, we had all this attention. And like, you know, it's not crazy, but it's like for, for kids, like just trying, like playing shows for two people. Mm. We started to get this online following and we had no idea what to do with it. We had no management. Like we, no one we knew was in the music industry. Like we literally had no clue. We were just like, we would like go on fucking every forum and be like, hey, listen to our music. Like we yeah. were just trying everything. And because of the music we were playing was quite American, there was no scene for it. There was no real place for it. At least not that we were a part of what we were aware of in Australia and mm. Sydney. And we couldn't… Like everyone was listening to like alternative music or like indie music and stuff like that. And we just like… We never felt like we had any momentum. But it's crazy because we had like over 2 million views on YouTube. And mm. we had thousands of people all over the world. Like people in South South America and like France and shit like emailing us or like messaging us and saying they really loved our music… But we felt like nothing was happening because we were so young and naive that it it became this thing where we the band eventually just fell apart because like we were just put, pouring all like all this time and effort into it and we were seeing no results. Yeah, yeah. And when you don't have someone who's been through it to tell you like, oh, you guys are actually doing like really, because because if I was looking at that band now, yeah, if you're going to manage yourself, and they're like, um, eighteen, nineteen year olds. Mm who have like done two like really well produced EPs they've got millions of views they've got thousands of followers i'd be like you guys are fucking crushing it mm. at the time we felt like we were just losers um so eventually like one guy left um i think he got a job and he moved the country another guy went overseas to germany to to for like a year abroad he was at uni um and the band kind of fell apart but the last thing we did was the the two of us myself and and nick the um my co-writer we did like a little like last hurrah as like an acoustic duo, like kind of like, um, I guess if you imagine like maybe, uh, it's kind of like Ed Sheeran type of stuff, but we were both doing it like Simon and Garfunkel, like mm. harmonies the whole way through right, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and we started like recreating all of our songs in that way and, and trying to like capitalize on this following that we still had online. And we, we organized the, the most pathetic, um, tour of America. That anyone has, ever, anyone has ever done. And what we did is we put out this video and we were like, hey, we want to, we want to come to America and we want to play shows. Because we knew we had fans in America. And like, we didn't really know what we were doing. But we were like, we want to come to America. We want to play some shows. If anyone knows a venue or like anywhere we can play, we'll come to your town and we'll play. Mm. And bless this one girl. Uh, I, feel really, I feel really guilty. I can't remember her name. And I still follow her on Instagram. I can't remember her name. Anyway. She was, she, she got in contact with us and she was like, Hey, do you want to come to my hometown? My stepmom owns a frozen yogurt store. You guys can play there. And we were like, Yeah. And this place is in Lapeer, Michigan, which is like nowhere. Mm. It's like, it's like two hours drive from Detroit. Like, and we were like, All right, great. And then we're like, Where else can we play? Where else can we play? I, I created a fake management account. And I was emailing all these venues in like Chicago and New York trying to get us a gig. And this one place called the Elbow Room in Chicago was like, cause I, cause I was like, we've got millions of views online. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, we've got thousands of followers. And he was like, all right. Yeah. We'll put you on, we'll put you on for a night. So we're like, great. We've got a show in Chicago. We've got a show in Michigan. Like tours on. Let's do it. So we like book our flights. We get to New York and like, we're also making a holiday out of it. Cause we know yeah, because yeah. we're not making any money. Yeah. And we're like, me and my friend Nick and we like, Hire a car and we drive like, you know, however long it takes us to get. We we, sl- we slept in the car the whole time because we, we couldn't afford to, we had $50 a day to like, as our budget. So mm-hmm. we couldn't afford hotels. So we slept in the car. And we show up in this frozen yogurt store in, in Michigan. And there's like 30 or 40 people just like, because it's a small town. And like, it was right. probably the most exciting thing that happened yeah, yeah. that day in that town. And we played a show and it was fucking awesome. We got free frozen yogurt. Like it was really cool. We had dinner with the the girl and, oh fuck, I wish I could remember her name. Anyway. um,
1: us hope you not listening right now. I know, I know. <laughs> I
0: feel really bad. Um, We had dinner with her and her family. It was really sweet. And then the next night we played the show in Chicago. Literally the only people in the room were the other band who was playing that night and the sound person. Oh man. Literally that was it. Yeah. And it was just like, that was like the nail in the coffin of that whole experience of the whole band, the whole thing, hell, everything, we were just like, well, we tried, yeah, like, we gave it a shot, yeah. Um, and and like after that, I'd kind of like I'd put so much into that project that I I kind of burnt out in music in a way, and I like I went and I went to like real uni and I like tried to get a real job. Mm. I was always like listening to music and like had ideas and stuff, but I wasn't pursuing it. I got a job as like a consult, like a, like a recruitment HR consultant thing, like a headhunter.
1: Mm.
0: What did you study? I studied um, health sciences and uh, organizational management. I didn't know you went to uni.
1: Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah.
0: So I did, I did the whole thing. I, and I didn't enjoy it. I, it was like a job for me that I, wasn't, that I was paying to go to. Mm. Like I show up, go to the classes. If I had two hour break, I'd go home. And then come back. Mm. Even though I was like half an hour, I lived half an hour from uni. Just because, like, I made no friends there. I made one friend in like my whole three years there. It was yeah, just wow. like not the way to do university at all. Mm. Um, and I got I got this job, and I was like working full time and like wearing the collared shirt and like doing the thing. I, I was working for this this woman. She was great. She was really nice uh, to work with. Uh, it was a small boutique firm. So and she was pregnant when she hired me. And she, and when she hired me, she's like. Hey, in six months' time, I'm gonna to have to take three months maternity leave. You're gonna to have to be the acting director of the firm. So I'm like, fuck. I get this job, and then in six months' time, I'm already mm. like acting director of of like the Australian branch of this international recruitment firm. So I'm like, that's a pretty awesome opportunity. Like mm. thinking like career mode, whatever. Yeah, like, like climbing a ladder. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, all right, this is a great opportunity. Started the job, like sunk, you know, tried to like get into it. It's, it was um in digital marketing. So like, um, Working with uh, media companies like uh, publication, media publications, and then uh, like marketing agencies and advertising agencies, and like you know finding people for like executive level positions Mm. in those in those companies. And I started to realize that like all the people who were in the jobs in those company that were like successful, like the 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 directors and and the C suite, the managers and everything. I didn't. I didn't look up to any of them. I saw what their lives were like. They were having to go out and like party, like not, not that I like partying, but like get drunk with their clients and stuff like that. And for the I was, sake of getting drunk, it yeah, yeah. wasn't
1: actually a fun.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and I was just looking at all their lives and I'm like, I don't want to be like any of these people. Mm. I, don't, I don't like, not that I don't respect them, but like, there's that thing like, if a, a lot of people are living their worst nightmare mm. because you think like, oh no, not their worst nightmare, their worst case scenario. Because you're like, oh, you quit your job, you follow your dream. What's the worst that can happen? You, you probably have to, that yeah. fails and you end up back in your job. A lot of people are living their plan B. So therefore, you're already living the worst case scenario. And I mm. felt like I was living my worst case scenario. I could see
1: if I did well in this job in 10, 15 years time, where I would be and that scared me. You'd have money. You might have, you might have a car. You might have a nice house and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But you're not, you're not fueled. You're not doing what you actually want to be doing. Totally. You're just climbing the ladder. And when you're at work… You can't spend the money that you're making Mm. and you're at work for most of your life. Mm. I was talking in the office the other day, some woman, she's started her own business now, but she was like, I was working in fashion. I was working 80 hours a week. It's like 80 hours a week? Yeah. She was like, oh, it's something like 7 a.m. to 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, when did you have time to do anything? She's like, I didn't. You don't. And we're like, how long did you do that for? 35 years. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's actually a cool thing I was reading in a book and it's like, if you're on 120 grand a year, you're working 80 hours a week, that's $28 now. So you're here getting this high-paid job. You're on $28 an hour. That's not yeah. even that good. Contrasted, a teacher working 40 hours a week, $60,000 a year, $28 an hour. So good. And holidays and… And well, holidays and sure, benefits it, it, and all that
0: stuff. To be fair, it's a tough, still a tough job. But yeah, it's
1: not… The point is… It's not comparable. Yeah. We look at the $120,000 and go, they're successful. But they're getting paid the same hourly rate. Yeah. They just having to work 80 hours. They're having to work 40.
0: And it's just like… So that started to build up and build up. I I, I had this thing on the site, actually. I was working on a, a website, like… a a web platform with a friend of mine, Chris. Um, he was actually living at my my place at the time. Um, I was still at my parents' place at this time. And because I'd moved back in with my folks because I was like, oh, I want to try and save a bit of money, maybe buy a, a little, like an investment, or not an mm. investment, like buy an apartment. Um, one of my high school friends were living with me and we were working on this project called Untracked Music. And what it was, was a platform where producers, like it was mainly focused on electronic music. Producers could upload music that they hadn't released yet and you go to the website and you get you see a waveform, like, you know, the SoundCloud waveform yeah, yeah. and a play button. And then there's a vote yes, like a,
1: a vote like oh, a so like or a dislike. It. They can test it to the, the market. Yeah.
0: So you go to the website and, and the 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 for you know the, the, the draw card is you pick like house, trance or whatever genre and you get served these fresh unreleased tracks from from producers and you Click whether you like it or you dislike it. Mm. And then once you like it, it reveals the name of the producer. You can see their oh, cool. social media stuff and you can follow them and stuff like that. If you disliked it, it would just take, you'd you still see who it was, but then it would take you to the next track. Mm. So it was like a gamified way of like finding, discovering new music. Yeah, And it would give the producers this like cool way of testing tracks. And if, and if a track got like, and, and we had charts and stuff like that. If a track was charting well, then it'd be like a great like pre-launch campaign mm. for a song. So that was the idea, and we actually we built the whole website. We built the platform. I'd like taught myself how to do front end design. He was doing the back end, um, and I started to go to like pitching nights and stuff yeah. like that. And I met this I met this guy who was the CEO of Oracle, who was like the biggest um, at the time. I don't know whether they still are, but they're the, they were the biggest IT consultancy in the company. Mm. And he happened to be an electronic music. Like nut. He loved it because he he like originally played classical music and classical and electronic have like a lot of crossovers and, and I was talking to him about this thing and he was like, "Is South African. Guys. I was like, Well, I really love this idea. Like, come once you come book book an appointment with me in my office and, and we'll talk about it and blah blah blah. So um I went in to meet this guy and we were talking about the idea and I was like, Hey, this is my team, we're like high school friends, blah 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 blah. And he's like, well, there's there's three of you, four of you on the team? All right, I reckon we could get you two two hundred thousand dollars like this. I I know I know who to talk to. I reckon, like, if you want to take this seriously, I reckon we could get you guys all a year's salary. Like, you no know, way. go go away. Think about it. Think if you think about if you actually want to work with these people, and then come back to me, and we can we can approach it as a as a you know a business. And I thought about it, and I was like, the weird thing for me was the the promise of that money, and it literally didn't make me feel anything. Mm. I felt nothing. That should be like a oh, really exciting moment. Yeah, but I felt like. Nothing. Like I didn't care at all. And that for me just showed that I'd, I had no interest in running that kind of business. Mm. No interest in running that kind of company. The fact is that's
1: not a music business. It's a tech business. Exactly. It's just in the music industry.
0: Yeah. And it sounds cool.
1: Yeah. But as soon as you start running that business, like. You're doing meetings. You're doing finance stuff. You're not doing any musician stuff. The only music stuff you do is you probably get invited to shows. Yeah. Which is cool. But like, yeah. you know, you'll be doing so much. You'll be doing a lot more CEO, management, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is probably similar to what you were doing in your other job. Exactly. So I was like, shit. I kind of like backed myself into a corner where
0: everything I was doing, if I continued to do it, I knew that I was going to hate my life. Yeah. In. So what I did is I had a conversation with my boss and I'm like, look, I'm really not happy. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. I'll stay with you for the duration of your maternity leave because you need me to cover you. And I, and I agreed to that mm-hmm. when I signed up and all the rest of it. But when you're back working full time, I'm out. And I booked myself a one-way flight to Spain. Because I was like, I've always wanted to learn Spanish. I need a reset. Mm. I didn't feel, one of the, I, I didn't realize it at the time. But I didn't feel as though I could make the changes to my life that I needed to make if I stayed around the people that I was
1: surrounded by. Of course. You know, everyone, every episode that quote comes up, you're surrounded, you know, the, the top five people you hang around with is who you're likely to become. Yeah. And if you're, and not to say that they might have been bad people, but they had different visions, different passions, different places you want to go. Yeah. If you are stuck with them, whereas if you can like get away and do a reset, everyone's fantasized about just going away to somewhere else and just resetting, but you actually did it.
0: Yeah, and so I booked the flight, and because I had some money saved up, because I like you know I was trying to save a bit of money, and I was like, and I I got in contact with this uh, Spanish language school in Valencia. I was like, I'll go to Valencia because if I go to Madrid, people will speak English, and I'll never learn Spanish. Mm. So I picked Valencia. I had a friend who used to live there. So I was like, all right. Um, and I was like, hey, I want to I come and I want to just like sign up for three months, full-time Spanish, whatever. And I found an Airbnb where I could stay and I just got a flight. I, did, I made a little bit of a holiday out of it with my brother. And then I arrived in Spain. And I got there and literally it was hard reset. I arrived in a city where not only did nobody know me, but nobody spoke my language Mm. really. like It's actually surprising no one spoke any English. I I was living with five Spanish people in the share house. One of them, I found out later, she did speak a bit of English, but she was too shy to speak to me in English. So like everything was in Spanish. So first month I was just like, I have no idea what anybody is saying. And it was like, it's that crazy thing. When you go to a a new country and nobody knows who you are and someone says, hey… What's your name? And you tell them your name, and they're like, Oh, what do you do? And at that point, you could
1: literally say anything. I know. You can literally say anything. It's like I went to multiple primary schools. Like, I I think I did like six or something. I was at one for like 90% of the time, but I dipped my toes in. And it's like, you can completely reinvent yourself. Totally. Anything you do when you go into that school. But what most people do is they just go back into their old ways. Like, I've got this whole opportunity to reinvent myself. Mm. Three weeks later, they're back into who they were. Yeah. And it's crazy because we just go back to, we naturally flow back to who we are. But you've got this amazing opportunity.
0: Yeah. And like, so I started telling people I'm a musician. Yeah, and like at that time I wasn't making any money from music, but I was like, yeah, I'm a musician. am and like I, I'm and I'd, I'd made the decision that I like when I was in that Spanish school, I was in my room watching YouTube videos and how to produce music because I was like, bands too hard, too many people to organise, like different ideas of what success is, different directions. I was going to do it myself, going to produce my own music, whatever. I didn't even know what that music would sound like. Mm. I just started teaching myself how to use like Logic and Ableton, the production tools that I use. And I just started telling people, oh yeah, I'm a musician. Mm. I started going to like open mic nights and playing. I started meeting people who were interested in
1: music and playing music. And I was like, Oh my God, it's literally this easy. Isn't it crazy what happens when you put yourself out there and it's- you, and you admit to the world, you know, what you want to be. Yeah, admitting
0: to the world who you actually are. And it's so hard to do that when you're surrounded by people with all the best intentions who see you as the person you were in high school. Mm-hmm. Who see you as the person they're all expected to be. Mm-hmm. Even your parents, like, especially your parents for a lot of people, but even like your best friends and stuff like that, you might think that that if you told them that you,
1: you were a musician, they would laugh at you. Pro-
0: most of them would probably be like, all right, cool. Yeah.
1: But you psych yourself out of it. Oh. Imposter monster, yeah. you know, we're our worst critic. We we'll get overanalyzed, especially this generation. We overanalyze everything. Yeah. what about this? What about this? What about and this? What about this? And we compare ourselves to other musicians who are much better than us. Yeah, of course, they're better than you. They've been doing it for 10 years longer than you. They started when they were 15. They've been a musician for five years. You've been a musician for one. Yeah, like don't compare yourself to them. And it's like,
0: so it started this like slow, like emergence of my real self. And I, I stayed in Spain for four months. Ended up visiting, a, I went to Paris to visit a friend of mine because the, the Euros was on, the mm. European
1: Football Cup. Oh, What, what year was this? Uh,
0: this was 2016 yeah. and they were on in France.
1: Oh, in the, didn't they
0: win? No, it, they got into the final and they lost to Portugal. And when Ronaldo got injured. Right, it was right. It crazy. And right. it was like the most fun I've ever had in my life. Yeah, was yeah. being in Paris, middle of summer, the European Cup. All the Irish people were there and the Swedish people and the yeah, Italians yeah. there. Wow. Everyone was wearing their football colors. Every night was a party. It was so much fun. I had the best time. And a guy that I met there, I was introduced to this guy, Will, who's an amazing poet, Will Cox. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine now. I used to live with him. Um, he was throwing this party. And it was a, it was like a, a poetry um, visual art. So he emptied his apartment. All the walls were visual artists from from like around the area and stuff like that. He had a bunch of poets who were going to do some performances and he had a bunch of musicians. And it, it was also just like a big party. Mm. And I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, I'm working on these songs. I've got two songs. Like I've been, I've been producing when I was in Spain and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, this is going to be your first gig. You're, you're going to play. Nice. I was like, oh shit. Like so cool. So I like, I like figured out how I could play them live. I got my friend who I was visiting, the guy who I was staying with, I got him to accompany me on, on the guitar. And, um, and then a couple of days before this show, I was at a party and I broke my hand. <clears throat> I broke my hand because I got drunk. Like it was, it was Bastille day, like the mm. 14th of July yeah. in, in Paris. And it's like their independence day. And I was like, a bit of champagne, like whatever. And after at the end of high school, um, me and my friends had done the you know the full Monty that that movie. Oh yeah, like um, or the pubs st- or something. No, they strip naked for like charity. Oh right, and yeah, they yeah, do yeah. this dance routine at the end. And for the end of school, we actually did that full Monty dance routine, and we took all our clothes off, no and, and we got like kicked out of school. Um, but not or not kicked out, chased out of school by the principal. Um, but at the, in that routine, there's a backflip. There's like a backflip that you do with like two people throwing you over. And we were drunk and this this couple did this dance routine at the party where they were like showing off, which was awesome. And the guy flipped the girl over, did like a backflip. And I was like, oh, I can do that. (laughs) Yannick, do you remember when we did that in high school? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we got one of his, we got his brother who wasn't a part of this originally. And we're like, yeah, you just have to do this, this. And and like we got the whole crowd going and like ready to do the backflip. And then they flipped me up and I got about halfway. And then I just like landed on my, landed. And somehow I'd landed on my hand. And I didn't know it at the time. I got up, started, kept dancing, and then just like shot of adrenaline went through me. And I was like, oh, I think I've done something with really yeah, yeah. And then turns out I'd broken my hand. Um, But we like wrapped it up in ice because it was, it's, it's like if you break your hand on New Year's Eve. Yeah, you keep going. You keep going because yeah. you're not going to go to. Hospital
1: like, Hospital's probably full anymore. Anyway. Go to
0: emergency on New Year's Eve? Like no yeah, way. Yeah. So like we were just like, fuck it. We just wrapped it in ice and glad wrap, kept partying. The whole weekend I didn't actually go to the hospital and then we went on holiday to Switzerland instead. And then I went back. It was broken, like, clean break. Mm. I was like, oh, shit, I've got this gig. So what I ended up doing is, instead of playing guitar, I was I played, like, keyboards with one hand. And I was singing and, like, had my broken hand. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this, the gig went down. And it was literally, like, an out-of-body experience. A room full of, like, packed. Like, packed full of people. And people were just loving it. It was, it was like, the most engaged audience I'd ever had. Mm. Complete strangers. Mm. in a, in, a, in a strange city... And there was like, I just felt electric and I was playing this music and it was my music and the, the stuff I've been working on, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, This is this is the city for me. This is where I need to be. Like, and this guy came up to me afterwards and he's like, Oh, hey, I manage this other um pop artist and I really like what you're doing. Like, here's my email address, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, Oh fuck, someone wants to manage me, like all this cool stuff. And like I was surrounded by all these artsy people. So I was like, All right, I guess I'm living in Paris now. So mm. I and I stayed there. For like two and a half years. Wow. And I was like working on music, working on being a producer, trying to get into songwriting sessions. I overheard someone talking about being a producer. I was working in a bar. I went up to them. I was like, hey, I'm a songwriter. I can sing in English. Because like one of the things in France, they're always looking for people to write songs in English. Mm. Because they can... Like they can make the music, but it's really hard for them to write English lyrics. So I was like, I can I can write lyrics for it. He's like, all right, come to the studio. And then I went down to the studio, got on with those guys, like started working on some other tracks with them. Just like any way that I could get into the music industry. But I was working as an apprentice carpenter. I was working in a bar. And I was also doing some translation work as well, like Spanish translation work. And it was a really interesting time because I was trying to do music, but I was doing all the wrong things. I was like... I was working really hard on making the music. I wasn't putting anything out there. Mm. I was spending I would I would lock myself in my room for like days and days and days. I'd be like, Oh, I can't come to this party because I'm like working on this song or whatever. And then I do nothing with the song. Mm. Why do you think imposter monster?
1: Like Perfectionist. Perfectionist. Okay.
0: Yeah. I wanted it to be great because I was proud and I I've realized that what I wanted was when I released the song, I wanted it to change my
1: life. Yeah. But the first song's never gonna change never gonna change your no. life. It's a fiftieth, it's a hundred, it's a thousandth, exactly 100th, whatever it exactly. is. Exactly.
0: And I know that now, but I didn't know that at the time. And I spent mm. years thinking that the next thing that I was gonna do was gonna change my life, and it never did. And it never did, and it never did. And, never did.
1: and I, I would release a song. I eventually like build up the whatever I Which thought it was. is crazy was right. because like uh, Einstein, you know, made two of the biggest discoveries in science. Two hundred and fifty papers he wrote. Yeah. No one knows about them. Totally. And I'm, he made the two biggest ones in the same at the same time. Yeah. But he, he wrote 250 other papers. Yeah. No one really cares about them. No one cares. He, essentially, he failed at them. Mm. And you could pull up, basically, pick any successful celebrity or something, and you can just say the same story.
0: And isn't TikTok just like the expression of that? The visual representation, the visual representation it of is, that. Yeah. We'll get onto that in yeah. a second. But anyway, so I spent years like sad. I went through a, a dark period during, during Paris. In Paris, okay. I went through a dark period. This, it was this like road me. Rubber meets the road, like expectation versus reality, mm. repeat failure, inability to actually, I didn't actually know what I needed to do was to just start putting stuff out there. And mm. so like everything I was doing wasn't changing my life. I was like in a foreign city. I was, had no money. Like I was poor, heartbroken, a relationship broke down, all the rest of it. I like got into a really dark place and I stayed there longer than I should have. Mm. Cause I was like, no, I'm going to make this work for me. And eventually I was, I made the decision that like, I don't necessarily actually like the music scene here. I don't think that they like what I'm doing. Um, and I'm kind of exhausted by
1: yeah, it all. Yeah, out.
0: Yeah. And I'm sick of being sad. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going I'm to come home. Mm. I'm going to go back to Sydney. I'm going to try and reset um, and bring all the music that I've been doing. And I'm going to just going to take it to Sydney and just like, let's see if that works. Because nothing was working for me. Arrived in Sydney and then very soon after I like had one song that I've been preparing called Gasoline and Red Wine. Released it. Had a, had a great show. Like all the people that had kind of been seeing what I've been doing overseas but like hadn't seen me in like three years. Came to the show and it was great. Really, really cool show. And I felt like, all right, getting some momentum and then coronavirus. Right. Yeah. yeah. And well, like… So that's when you came back recently. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, Okay that's not going to work anymore. Like, And at the time, it was like doom and gloom for the music industry. We mm. were like no shows, like all bets are off. Like I'm like, okay. I can't. Singing
1: was like lockdown level five. Totally, totally. Oh wait, no, lockdown one. Like yeah, three, yeah. four, five, anything yeah. above that. You couldn't sing. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't sing. You couldn't do anything like that. And I was like, on one hand,
0: like part of me is an introverted and I was like, oh great, I don't have to see anybody. Like yeah, yeah. how dope is this? The other part of me was like, Okay, I'm gonna to need to make music work for me in some in another way, because I, I by this point like I'm already all in on music. Mm. Like I don't have a
1: backup plan. Mm. I left my plan. I love that though. Having a backup plan is like the best. And because I'll just share a quick story. You mean not having a backup plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it sounds stupid, but I'll share a quick story. There's a guy called um Jesse. I forget his last name, but he was the youngest person to ever sail around the world. Sydney, Australia, 1998. At 15 years old, he sailed around the world. When did he start sailing? When he was like 12. Mm-hmm. So he had like three years experience. He sailed yeah. around the world solo. Whoa. And one of the questions he got asked was, did you ever give up? How could you keep going? Why didn't you give up? And he said, I did give up. I gave up multiple times. But the problem was, I was three weeks from land in any direction. <laughs> so as soon as I gave up, I'd start heading towards land and then the sun would come out. I'd start feeling better. All right, let's do this. I'd be back yeah. on path. Yeah." And he goes, I just, the, the reason I was successful was because I had no exits. So if you put yourself in a scenario where you have no exits and you, the only thing you do is to keep moving forward that's how you can be successful. And the problem is, I think this this world, this society, this generation has way too many exits. Totally. We can exit so easily. Yeah, Everything. And it's like, oh, that's okay. People will be like, oh, that's okay. You tried at least. Did you try? Mm. Or did you try once, fail, and give up? And you don't realize, if, if I knew now how hard it was to,
0: to, to, to make a successful career in music when I started, I don't know that I would have started.
1: Dude, if I knew how hard it was to grow a podcast to young yeah. people, I wouldn't have started. Yeah. Young people aren't on podcasts. What was I thinking? Yeah. They're on, and I, I TikTok at the time, I didn't even know really what it was. I wasn't on the platform. Like, I, I I was saying the same thing. I was like, I'm really grateful I didn't know how hard it would be.
0: Yeah. I'm totally. really grateful I didn't know. The, totally. I, I
1: was naive. I'm yeah. grateful how na- naive I was.
0: And delusional. I'm still delusional. Yeah, yeah, I same. think you have to be.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I think you have to be. Um... And I think you should embrace that because like, you know, it's part of the fun. But anyway, and I started, I was listening to Gary Vee. For whatever reason, he came up on my YouTube, suggested, yep. whatever. And there was this one video, I remember it so distinctly. I like, I can see like the boardroom that he's talking in on the table. And it was talking about decisions. And the crux of it was, you're never ever going to even get close to making the right decision. So don't beat yourself up about it. Mm. Or you could make what feels like the right decision at the time and tomorrow you get hit by a bus. Mm. So like, all you can do is make a good guess, basically, based on the information you had at the time. And then tomorrow, you can't judge yourself because that's what you knew at that time. And that's the only decision you were ever going to make. And it just, something clicked for me and I was like, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I've been trying to make the perfect decision this whole Mm. time. I got to get it. It doesn't exist. And if, and what I realized kind of in that moment, I was like, I don't need to make the right decision. I just need to start
1: making more decisions. Exactly. Exactly. There's a, a study, um, and it was, I think I mentioned to you on, on Clubhouse before, where they had, they had two groups that a class split into two. Mm-hmm. And they said, We want you to build the perfect pot. They're like doing like, like pot pottery, making yeah. or pottery or whatever. This class, you're going to make 100 pots, give us your best version. This class, you're going to work, spend all the entire week working on one pot. You would think the one that spent an entire week on one pot would do the best one, right? Because yeah, they had a whole week class. on one class, yeah. that whole half of the room. But the one that was better was the one, the ninety eighth one, or whatever it was, totally. because they'd yeah. done so, they'd failed and tried so many times, they were whipping out these pots. Like, by the yeah. time they knew what to, by the time they got to like the 99th one, they were so good at it, they yeah. just created an amazing pot. And it's like that's what we have to apply to our life. Yeah. You can't spend all your time on one perfect thing trying to chase perfection. And
0: I see so many people doing it, and it's one of the big things I try to tell people. Like, I'm at the point now. I'm. I st- you know, I still don't consider myself successful but I, I've learned a lot of things that I try to then yeah. give, give or share with people that I see that are in the position that I was in. Mm. And I'm like, you can't sit on this stuff. You can't yeah.
1: nurse it and remix it and whatever project you're working on, get it out there and move on. Do you know how many spelling mistakes are in my TikTok videos? Honestly, I reckon it's... It could be in triple figures. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. The amount of spelling mistakes, because there's no autocorrect in the ca- in the title. Yeah, 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 And so I've had videos go over a million views and there's a massive spelling mistake just <laughs> sitting there. And I'm like, well, who cares? Well, the funny thing is that can also drive it drives more comments. It drives more comments. Like, like, oh, you, yeah. you know, what about this? This Dominion,
0: never learn how to yeah, spell. Yeah. yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for the comment. Yeah, so, and then I was like, all right, Gary V's got something. I'm listening. I'm listening, Gary. What do you got? And then the other thing, I was listening to his stuff and he's like, anyone who's not on TikTok right now will regret it in six months' time, a year's I, time. I remember him saying that.
1: He was pushing TikTok really hard. Really hard. like tw- Late 2018, really early He as was well.
0: interviewing like the D'Amelios and all this stuff and I was like, literally nothing else is working for me. Let's do it. Mm. And I set myself this challenge because it coincided with the decision-making thing. And I was like, I'm never going to get anything right. I keep overworking everything and trying to be a perfectionist. The way that I'm going to get around that is I'm going to leverage my pride. And I'm going to leverage my pride in a way that's like, I'm going to announce publicly yeah. that I'm going to write and release a video of a demo of a song every single day. And if I announce that
1: publicly, then I have to show up. You're held accountable. I'm held accountable yeah. by my audience. You and you know the funny thing is? Yeah? No one will probably hold you accountable. No, one no, no one's going to be like, hey, dude, where's your video? Because mm. I mean, what? How many people were watching on your Instagram? Like a thousand? Yes. I had like
0: 600 followers yeah. at that time. And so and like one no friends. one's
1: going to be like, hey, dude, where's your video? I'm holding you accountable. Yeah, but totally. In our head, the psychology of just posting it to the world and saying, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Why do most people don't set goals? Because they're scared if they set a goal, then they're being held accountable to the number. Yeah. If I say to the world, I'm going to lose 10 kilos this year, come the end of the year and people say, did you lose 10 kilos? Nope. But if you say, I'm going to lose weight, let's say, you know, go take a shit Walk out. Oh, technically, I've lost weight. Yeah, like because in the beauty of announcing it—that's a cool thing about social media. You can announce it. I I like having accountability buddies, but if you don't want to do that, do social media. There's so many different things you can do. Yeah, I mean
0: the other the other cool thing you could do is instead of saying I'm going to lose weight, say just say I'm going to publicly weigh myself every day. Yeah, and post them, and and that, this way you're not setting like a, a ten kilogram goal or whatever. It's not in the future. It's something you can do every single day, yeah. and it holds you accountable. Yeah. So I did this, and I was like, all right. And TikTok is amazing because. The way I was looking at TikTok, because I was still skeptical, I was like, it's "When first. did you start?"
1: You, I mean, we could, if I had my phone, we could change. just estimate. Uh, January, February, March, April, like lockdown, pretty yeah, much lockdown during lockdown. Yeah, so I started like two months after you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is to give context. TikTok is honestly, it's still pretty early stages. It's been around for like two years, but people, it's still very much dancing and lockdown content. It's not as much. Musician educational content, which we're into, it was still there. But in that in the year that that's happened, it's yeah changed a lot. The biggest thing on TikTok at that
0: time was still the dances. Yeah, um, and I saw it as an opportunity for me to just basically have a public catalog of all the songs that I was writing every single day. Mm. And one of the really freeing things about TikTok, especially at that time, I didn't have to tell anybody. No I one was on there. Same account. with me. Yeah. None of my friends were on TikTok. It was like being, it's like going to a different city. Yeah, and it play, was,
1: and yeah. Because I was posting on Instagram and Facebook and I knew my friends were probably judging me, sending it to each other. TikTok was a clean slate.
0: Yeah, totally. It was so good. And the crazy thing was that I got, I received no hate. The only people that were interacting with my videos, only people that were liking them, obviously, because they liked them, were people that liked it. Mm. So it was just like this like really unjudgmental environment to be making the imperfect decisions that we talked about in and just putting them out into the world. And then I started, I was like, I'm doing this and this feels good. So I started sharing them on my Instagram stories. So I was like, every day I posted on TikTok and I posted it on my Instagram stories. And I started getting messages from people, like friends of mine, or even people who I kind of knew. And they're like, hey, like, thanks for doing this. Like, I really mm. love your, I love that you like, um, are like dedicated to this. Or like, mm. I really like this song today, or a song that I'd
1: written that I thought was kind of shit. Someone would be like, oh, this is my favorite one that you've done. Mm. And I, as, as a, it was only a few people. It's literally the example I just gave. In Paris, you're doing one pot. Now yeah. you're doing 100. Yeah. It's almost exactly the same. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, and you start...
0: I started to feel really powerful. And I got addicted to making decisions. Mm-hmm. I'd go out and I'd go to the store and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have that. Or yeah. like I'd look at a menu and I'd be like, yeah, the chicken sandwich, please. And I'd just start making decisions as quickly as I could. And I got addicted to that feeling of like,
1: I don't care if it's the wrong decision because I'm going to make another decision tomorrow. And I, like, how valuable is that skill? That's crazy. Like, I, I've always just naturally kind of been good at making decisions because, like, and I didn't realize, I just thought it was normal. But then you watch people on TikTok and they're like, I can't go to the restaurant unless I look at the menu beforehand. And I'm like, oh my God, I pick it we so have, quickly. Some of
0: our friends do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, pick it, I pick it so quickly. Yeah. I'll be like, here's a menu. I'll just, be, uh, sometimes I'll just like pick for me. Surprise yeah. me. Uh, that's my
0: favorite thing in the world. I you go to that. a restaurant and you're like, whoever is like the most like, foodie person. You're just like, you do it. I'm yeah, yeah. just, I'm here to eat. Like, oh, so like, what about this? What about this? Yeah,
1: I don't care. Yeah, what about <laughs> this? What about this? Uh, just pick something.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. And, and the crazy thing is like, I started to post, and these were all videos of me and my songs that I was writing and singing to the camera. And one of them, I woke up and it had a thousand views. And like, sure, I had like 500,000 on a video of me playing Gangnam Style. Yeah, yeah, Like rocking out to it. But This was a song that I had written. And, mm-hmm done and in a day a thousand people had seen it and it had like you know a couple hundred likes and people being like oh i love this Mm. i was just like oh my god this is crazy Mm. like i could put thousands of dollars into a youtube video like a music video and a hundred and a few hundred people would see it or i could put a video on tiktok and a a thousand people might see it overnight Mm. and i was like this is this is insane and i started trying to tell my friends like you gotta get on tiktok like it's crazy and no and no one was no one would Mm. so i was like all right whatever um, and I got into the habit of posting every single day on TikTok, and I started like experimenting because I was like, "Oh, that video went well. What was it about that video? Was it that I was wearing a hat or <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever?" So I like started like trying to analyze it, and I joined this um, I joined this Facebook group. A friend of mine through TikTok, Katie Jane. Shout out to Katie Jane. She's so generous and lovely. She, we were both like starting. She was in country music, and like for country. Music people for that industry is like, it's like way more like traditional and conservative. Mm. For her to be on TikTok at the same time, yeah. and we saw each other like posting stuff and we were like, hey, how's it going? Like, whatever. And we were talking and she's like, hey, I'm on, the, I'm in this Facebook group. It's like a TikTok masterclass group. Mm. And she invited me to this Facebook group and I started listening to people and like, ah, oh, so this is what, okay, if I make my videos a little bit shorter or if I, if I have a little, um, if I start at like a, with a hook line or something yeah, yeah. like that, starting to actually learn about You know, the algorithm and like how that stuff all works. And slowly but steadily, I got better at it. And I got better at it because I was posting every single day. And the crazy thing is, I got better at singing. Of course, because you're doing it every day. Because I was doing it every day. And I would sing every day already. But I was singing, I was trying to make the best thing that I'd ever done every single day. Mm -hmm. I was trying to sing the best thing that I would ever sung every single day. I got way better at songwriting. I was writing a song every day. Mm. I, over the last three years, had released four songs. And now I was essentially putting a song out every single day. It wasn't fully produced or yeah, whatever, yeah. but it was something. Or something. And two months went by. I had 60 songs. I had, you know, a couple, maybe I had a thousand followers on TikTok, maybe less, something like that. And I was like, all right, this, yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> this is going so well. And like, so I started being I started announcing like, I'm going to I'm going to release the song in 2 weeks. And so I would announce it so that then I'd have to keep myself yeah, accountable. Yeah. And I would film all the production process and I, and the first week I'd be producing and I'd be like, "All right, today I recorded this, recorded this, recorded this. Record the song in a week and then submit it to the store and then the next week the song would come out." I got into the habit of just releasing a song every two weeks or, and then I was like, all right, that's too much. People can't keep up. I'm going to do a song every month, but I'm going to keep doing the TikTok content every single day. Mm. And I just got into the habit of like trying, testing, failing, moving on and not, and the success became not in the result of what I was posting or putting out into the world, but in, in the showing up and the, and the completion and the releasing of it. And the process. The process. The success came from the process and putting it out there rather than the reaction that I couldn't control. Yeah.
1: And would it be safe to say you manage your expectations as well? Because I was moving so quickly and
0: because I I knew the next day I'd have to be writing a a new song or doing something new, it didn't matter that the thing that I was releasing today didn't change my life. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because tomorrow... And you hadn't spent three months on one song. Exactly. You spent one
0: day on it, but bombs. I was like, oh, well, next song. Totally, totally. Yeah. So you, you're able to manage your expectations. Success comes from something that you can control rather than something that is a reaction from mm. the outside world. And it just, it just went from there. And I started getting a bit more savvy on TikTok. The first video I had that went properly viral, I think it had 100,000 views. Mm was um, I just picked up my guitar and I was playing because it, it was at the time that the baby song that was like brand new Lamborghini fucking oh, yeah, yeah, cup yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, the song was in my head all the time. I was going around on TikTok and TikTok and I was like playing the guitar and I was like, it's kind of sounding country. And I was like, but I couldn't say the N word, obviously. So I was like, and one of the things that I, I do when if I'm singing along to a song and it has an N word in it, I'll say neighbor. Because yeah. it kind of, it's the same syllable. It yeah, kind yeah, of sounds yeah. the same. Like, so you're like brand new Lamborghini fucking cup car. With a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Have you ever, have you ever seen a real neighbor rock star? This ending, yeah, yeah. And then instead of this ain't this a guitar, bitch, it's a Glock. I said this ain't a Glock, it's a guitar. And I was playing the guitar and I like, hmm. made it a country version of that song. Bang! Stupid little video, whatever. Just posted it on TikTok, 100,000 views. But that's the
1: point. You make such a I I love the point you made about you could spend all this money on a flashy music video and do all this cool stuff. Or you could just go on TikTok and do it. Another great example. there's like someone asked for this funny TikTok of this company that was spending all this money on this on this guy trying to like they run all these ads on TikTok that were very traditional ads, and then Little Nas had like 10 million views in two days just by like looking at his tweets. He was yeah. like underneath his tweets yeah, yeah, yeah. pointing to them. Yeah. And like, you, you don't understand how marketing works nowadays. It's not this traditional way. It's what little Nas is doing. People still don't get it. Marketing agencies don't get it. Yeah. I talk to people in the music industry who don't get it. And sure, they, they're like, Oh, but we're managing the image and managing the brand.
0: And I'm like, ah, yeah. nah, you're wasting your time.
1: You're managing what you think is a good image. What is a good image is authenticity. And what people want to see behind the scenes. That's yeah. why TikTok yeah. and like what you've been doing is so good because people, you, you said before, you are showing making the video, you show, you say, I'm sure you, you should start showing videos of your stuff up on the mic, like if your voice breaks or something. Yeah. That's gold. Uh, so, like, once the few times where
0: I've posted videos of like my voice breaking or fucking up,
1: people are like, oh, I love that that exactly. happened. Of course, because you're showing your true
0: self, yeah. the authentic side. It, and like people know I can sing. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, okay, if I take something that's, Back to the baby thing. If I take something that is relevant and people are familiar with, and I put my own spin on it, my own mm. artistic spin on it, that's the sweet spot to mm. get viral videos. So I started doing with uh, WAP the yeah, yeah. Um, the Cardi B song. I did a thing where I like I, I like it was the it's kind of a goofy video where like she was like macaroni in a pot and I like turned up with the pot and yeah, macaroni yeah. <laughs> and then she's like bucketing them up and I was like oh shit bucketing them up and then like after that. After that little skit of the song, I then did a feature rap. Not rap, like a verse. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, I can't keep up with these expectations. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, And it was basically like making fun of myself for not being like sexually adequate enough for these like for sexually empowered women. Yeah. And like that video went viral. And I was like, all right, I get this. Like show something that people are familiar with. Add your own artistic flair. Put it together. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Um, hook them in with the familiarity. And then, you know, give them the... Give them a little bit of, you know, yourself. And it just went from there. And then I did um, uh, the Lewis Capaldi stuff. And that just went gangbusters. I did this duet where I was like um, singing a, a, a duet with Lewis Capaldi. And that video had was my first video to get over a million views. Mm. Um, and that's just like a recording. Like, what is it? An app or something? Yeah, Smule. Smule, that's it. Yeah, And yeah. I just took it. And no one had done it on TikTok yet. I was like, fuck, know, I'll do it. And then and I and I've acted it a little bit so that it looks like I was like reacting yeah, to what yeah, he was yeah, saying. It's yeah. like stuff oh, hey, Lewis, that. how you going and he was like he and okay, so this is worth noting. Like there's one point in that in the in the video that went super viral where he's like, More passion, more passion. He's telling me to like sing it with more passion. And I like really go for it. And my voice breaks and it like does this gravelly thing that I had never done before. But I was like reacting in the moment and I did this thing and the video went gangbusters and people started commenting like, oh, I love it when your voice does that. And mm. I was like, oh my God. It's like, an accident. <laughs> I was like, unlocked a cheat code. Yeah. And then I started playing around with it and I learned how to do that thing with my voice. And now that's like one of the things that is constantly referenced in many of my videos that people love about my voice mm. when I really go for it in this like rawness comes out. And I've learned how to do that thanks to TikTok, thanks to showing up every day and now my voice is so much better than mm. it was when I started. Anyway, posting 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 videos blah 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 um and like my eventually my strategy went from planning a release, trying to ask people to like support me to just like posting videos and if something went viral, that song, release it. Mm. Capitalize on that on that um, virality. I did a thing with John Legend where I wrote a duet to him playing the piano. That song, that duet got 500,000 views and I, I then took that song that week. I wrote it with, I finished writing it with a friend of mine, released it the next week. That's to this day is one of my highest performing songs it's called mm-hmm. Made to Fall Apart. And that came out of like two minutes. I was like, just like wrote this TikTok video. Mm-hmm. Wrote a little song. Um, and then all this crazy stuff
1: has happened since then. So There's a, a concept in business called the MVP, which is your minimum viable product. Mm. So when you're starting a business, mm-hmm. everyone wants to do something. Oh, okay, it's an amazing product. I'll launch it and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You need to create the, what is the minimal viable product? What is the bare minimum you can create of your idea and yeah. put it out to the world to test it? That's what they do in business. That's what they do in startups. That's, what, that's how you run a business. You start off with your MVP. This is kind of what you've been doing with TikTok. Yeah. You've been creating like a little MVP. The, totally. problem, the problem was, you were never doing an MP, MVP in Paris. You're going straight for... The full song perfected.
0: Yeah, I was trying to start Airbnb. Yeah, with you know, with like as as we know it now, rather than like the first iteration of it was with literally like blow up mattresses for a conference. Exactly. Like, and and now every song that I demo, I put out on TikTok first. If it reacts well, I'm like, all right, we got a song here, Mm. and then I take that and 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 work with it. It's it's like my it's like my free market research. Mm. Um, and then like. At the beginning of this year I set myself this challenge like quite fool- foolishly, but also interestingly to hit a hundred thousand on TikTok. And it took way longer than I thought it would. Because at the time I was like having these videos like
1: Yeah, 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 I know. These real hits and I was I was running real hot. TikTok is for listeners out there, it's very much you'll gain heaps of followers and you'll slow down and you'll get up down, cyclical, up, down, yeah. up, down. It's not, I don't find it's very consistent. It's not. Like my growth, I'll get 50k in one week and the next week I'll get like two. Yeah. And it's like, and then I'll be down to 1k, 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 6,000, yeah. whatever it is. And it's just so up and down. And
0: man, I've learned that lesson now. Yeah, for yeah, sure. But I said this challenge, I was like, right, I'm going to hit, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm going to hit 100k. Until then, I'm not drinking. And like, I'm not a big drinker, but like, it's still like an incentive, yeah. Because I want to have the freedom to have a beer with my like, like we are now, like whatever, yeah. Like, um, and it took me until last weekend. Mm. And it's was, May. And it's May. Yeah. And there were points in that time where I was like, oh, like I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm really hitting a wall. Like I got to seventy thousand, and I was on like seventy three, seventy four
1: thousand for like a long time. I was like, I remember. I hit 175,000. I was stuck not only on 1,000, on the 100. Yeah. This is going to sound so obnoxious to listeners who have like yeah. 100 followers. But like when you, when you get, when you, this is a problem with TikTok. You get addicted to that feeling of growth and yeah. then it disappears. Yeah. And we have the maturity to understand that. But that's where I really worry about like a 16 is, yeah. year old kid who's just like, uh, you know, they've just grown on TikTok yeah. and they're going, and now that it's, it's fleeting. And you see it all the time. Yeah. You see people get one viral video, they get addicted to it, and now they're not getting any more. The worst thing that can happen to you if you're posting videos on TikTok is for
0: you to go viral straight yeah, away. I agree. I agree. 100%. I posted 200 videos before I went viral yeah. and I'm so glad that I did because I wouldn't, I would, it, it fucks with you. So your expectations overnight change completely. Yeah. And then you expect that everything you're going to do is going to do the same thing and it doesn't.
1: Yeah. And then you go, I'm going to post this video. I hope it goes viral. I hope it goes viral and it doesn't. And you got it. Yeah. And then you just repeat. And it's this is emotional, emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've kind of feel like I've hacked the code with TikTok in terms of, I throw up, you know, three videos a day, very easily with minimal work. Mm. If one of them, if none of them hit, you know, whatever, yeah. and I'll go weeks where none of my videos will really go off. And sometimes yep. a random one will hit. You know, the analogy I use: is if I throw enough mud on the wall, one will stick. One will stick, and
0: and it's really hard to get that into people because because it is. I, I still suffer from it to a degree, but I but I know that it's not.
1: Same reality, oh, it's still there. And look, I agree. Like, the one of the worst things you, that can happen to you is to go viral, yeah. If you don't have a plan in place, yeah. I swear to God, no yeah. 90% of people don't have a plan in place, yeah. And look, if you're just making TikToks for fun and you happen to go viral and you're not trying to turn it into business totally, or anything, totally. awesome. But if you're thinking, oh, I can start to capitalize on this, I'll start to get brand deals, I'll quit my job and stuff, like, you, you need a plan, you need and to the, figure out what is your strategy here. You want to send them to YouTube, send them to a podcast, like, it's difficult to build a brand just through TikTok.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Is how do you then capitalize on that? But on just to just to finish off this hundred K thing because it's nice because you come into it. Mm. This was around the time that I met you at just after the start of the year, and we were talking. And you were one of the few people that I had met in real life who was actually grinding on TikTok and using it, and had and knew the opportunity, and was seeing results from it. Um, and. Uh, we would talk regularly about TikTok and what we were doing yeah. and stuff like that. And I remember we actually had a Zoom call, mm. even though we live in the same city, we had a Zoom call. We like booked in this meeting to like talk about it. And I was talking, I was saying, like, man, I've hit this wall. Like, I really don't know. Like, it's getting to me. I'm trying to hit this 100K thing and like, I'm- none of my videos are landing at all. And we just brainstormed. We were like, okay, what can I do that's different? And I was like, at the time I was filming with the camera mm. and you were like, ditch the camera, use your phone. Mm. And I was like, all right, easy. It's easier to use your phone. And you were like, it feels more authentic to mm-hmm. people. And I was like, okay, good advice. And the other thing was, we were like, oh, what could I do to like, just change it up to the, something that people haven't done before? And you were like, why don't you hold your phone? I, and you're like, I haven't seen anybody um like rocking out, like singing, yeah, yeah. holding your phone because there's, mo- there's movement. Mm. You got to think about all these things on TikTok. Like, Movement is engaging. So if you're holding your phone and you're singing and stuff like that. And it
1: feels like you just join them. Yeah. You're, you're just flicking through. And it's, oh, I'm like, I'm like with this guy. He's yeah. on his phone. It's like a FaceTime almost. Yeah. Versus a blurry background and he's sitting in front of it, which can still work, obviously, yeah. but in terms of shifting the content. Totally. And, and
0: whatever I was doing wasn't working. So I was like, all right. And then I was playing at the time, I think relatively, uh, it's still kind of… Uh, Relevant on TikTok, the song "Iris" by the Google Dolls—it's amazing song. And I don't want the world to Oh I yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Was like had a bit of a resurgence. I was playing that song on guitar, and I accidentally was playing it, and then I, I, I thought I was playing it in one key, and I played it in the wrong key, and I was like, and I did a key change. Mm. And I was like, oh wow, that sounds awesome. I was like, I don't want when everything's. I like for that part, of the second part of the chorus, yeah, I went yeah. up a tone. And I was like. And I don't want the world to see me, 'cause I don't think that they understand. When everything's made to be broken, I just want you to know. Oh, that's cool. And then all these, like. Everything that I'd learned up until that point just like like came together. It was like <laughs> yeah. that scene in The Hangover with like Zach Galifianakis uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah like, and I was like, oh, I can do the first part of the video in one key and then be like, song. this song needed a key change and then put a key mm-hmm. change in. So like the title of the video, and we talk about this a lot, like having a title of a video a caption that comes up that hooks people in. So it's like songs that needed a key change. And I start singing "Iris." Everyone knows that song, and then bang, I hit him with a key change like eight seconds in. Yeah. So that then they're like, oh, they've got something to look forward to. And then there's this payoff, and then they keep watching because, like, they'll keep watching for another few seconds, and then you've got 15 seconds, and then that's a TikTok, then that's a TikTok, yeah. There's so much unpacking that 15
1: seconds. I know. And you skim through it. We can unpack all the other things we did do it as well. Adding the countdown. Oh yeah. Add, adding the hook. Like well, I, I
0: made the video, and I was and I. And I was looking down at my phone because I had my phone on record mode and I was just looking down at it on the, on the, on the, on the bench in front of me. And I was like, oh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just looking down at my phone. I'm like, I haven't seen that angle before. Why don't I start the video looking down at my phone? Like I've just kind of like walked up to it and it's on the floor. Mm. And then when the key change happens, I pick it up. So there's like, not only does the key change happen and like the sound elevates, but the visual also mm-hmm. represents. Represents that as well. The whole switching environment. The whole switching environment. And yeah. I, and just so happened that like I had this uh, colored LED light on. So like it was kind of blue and like plain because I was looking at the ceiling. And then when I picked it up, all of a sudden the light completely changes because I've got the ring light in front of me. I've got pictures behind me and like the room just changes completely. So it's like this whole transformation. So I'm like, oh, like all these, ticking all these boxes like. Mm. And then I sent it to you guys. We have a little group like um, of people who are like doing this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, creators. And you were like, "Oh, it needs a countdown." Hmm.
1: And I'm like, "So, I like, it, went was too, back. it was too long. It was too long, yeah. Because because when he, no one's gonna like the video until they see the key change. Totally. And so if they watch it and they get bored, yeah. you've lost them.
0: So I went back, re-edited it, post and sent it to you with the with the countdown. I was like, "Wait for it," and I had like eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. And then boom, the key change, and and everyone was like, "That's the one." Post it, posted it, like bang, like two hundred thousand views. I'm like, "Yeah, we're back, baby." Yeah, yeah, And the amazing thing about that series is, or was, and still is. It's so repeatable. Oh my god, it's
1: completely scalable. It's unique. Songs? It's to- so scalable, repeatable, and it doesn't require much brain energy. You don't have to sit there and come up with ideas. You just go, all right, what song am I gonna do? Okay, yeah. cool. What's the key change? Here it is. Bang, 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 follow the formula. Totally. And it takes It still takes years. To yeah. my credit, it takes a little bit longer than that. But yeah, it's yeah. but a lot of the work is done for me. But the mental energy of having to come up with ideas. Because yeah. that's the exhausting part. Totally. Having to come up with new ideas and stuff. Yeah. And then I did one. F- I did one of a Maroon 5 song. Yeah, this is such a sick story. I've told so many people this story. Man,
0: okay, hold on. Before we tell the story, I'm just going to make sure we're still recording okay, cool. and then...
1: I'll check the cameras.
0: Tap on my window, knock on my door. I want to make you feel beautiful. I don't mind spending every day. I know you're gonna the pouring rain. So yeah, I did... So we're doing these key change videos and um, I decided to do this Maroon 5 song, um, She Will Be Loved. Yeah, And it's like, tap on my window, knock on my door, I want to make you feel beautiful. Bang, key change. I don't mind spending every... And at the end of the song, this happens and, there's, and it's like perfect build up, all the rest of it. I'm like, this is, this is perfect. Posted it on TikTok, does really well, 150,000, whatever, 200,000, something like that. A couple of days later, I, I posted it. As an Instagram reel, anyone who's out there posting TikToks, repurpose, repurpose yeah. them and put them on Instagram reels. Yeah, yeah. You got to re-edit them. Don't do that shit where you just download your TikTok and then post it on yeah, Instagram because yeah. they know they can see all the captioning and, and the TikTok logos and they'll just suppress it. Re-edit it and put it on, put it on Instagram. So I, I did this, uploaded it, and I was doing my, I was doing the like the description. I was writing like, oh, like. No shade to Maroon 5, but like, I reckon, yeah, I reckon yeah, this yeah. would have been awesome. I was doing my hashtags and I was like, should I like tag like Maroon 5 or tag Maroon 5? And I'm like, should I tag Adam Levine? Yeah. And I was like, mm, what's the point? Like, there's literally no way he's going to see it. Like, mm. There's no way he's going to see it. He's like one of the most famous like musicians in the world. And I was like, oh. I'm also, why not post, why not do it? Well, that's,
1: that's thing, it.
0: Right? Yeah. And I, but, yeah. But I remember having the thought, like, it's a waste of text. It's yeah. just a waste of my thumbs.
1: Yeah. like <laughs> A waste of three seconds. <laughs> yeah, my life. exactly.
0: And like, my, you know, my joints or whatever. Um, but at the end of the video, as I was doing the hashtags at the end. I was just like, fuck it. At, at Adam Levine. Um, posted it. 20 minutes later, I look at my phone. Adam Levine wants to send you a message. No way. And I just like, like the blood runs out of my face. Yeah, yeah. And I take a screenshot of it. Sh- took a screenshot of that. But still, I was like, oh, it's probably... Could be fake account. It'll it'll be like, thanks, mate. His team. Yeah. yeah, Could be his team, like, whatever. Um, the funny thing is, I wasn't following him. So it was like a message request, Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. Um, and I opened the phone and he hasn't sent me a message. What he has done is he's seen it and shared it on his Instagram stories. And he's written, This is such a good idea. It sounds so good. We're going to steal this for our next tour. Thanks, Pace Randolph. Like, like um we we're, we're stealing it and i was just like oh my god <laughs> like how fucking cool is that and i and i then like shared his story on mine cuz he tagged me like a legend tagged me and i was like uh so if you guys need if you guys happen to need a support for this tour like i'm your guy like let yeah. me know and then he then he dms me like almost straight away like i barely even posted it he's like yeah we'll get we'll we'll get you a slot when we come through your town and you can come up and you can also come up and sing She Will Be Loved when we do it. Key change. For the key change. And I was like, no way. No way. The craziest thing is having your phone open on Instagram Messenger and seeing the dots come up and Adam Levine's messaging you. You quickly flick off so you don't see it straight away. (laughs) Well, it's like, but it's like, It's just a realization that he's sitting somewhere in LA just looking down at his phone, typing to me. And I'm just looking at it like, man, wow. And so I sent him a video message
1: back because we talk about this all the time. Yeah, the power of video message. The thing is... Can I say real quick? Yeah. So I'm going to get numbers wrong here, but I need to memorize them for empower you, we talk about this. Yeah. When it comes to communication, they say 7% is words. The other... You know what is it? Ninety-three yeah. percent is body language and and tone, mm. and so you don't get body language or tone and text. Totally, that's why the video DM is so powerful. Yep.
0: And like, when have you ever, you know, fallen for
1: someone or like whatever through through a text yeah. message? Like, and then you meet them. Yeah. Or the opposite, or they're really great and burst in their crap over text. Yeah.
0: So like, so a thing that we champion and I champion and you champion, like. Send video DMs, especially if you're reaching out to someone, especially if you want to build a connection with someone. You have this ability to make them like you mm. just by sending them a video of you, and they'll remember you because no one does it for yeah. some reason. No one. No does one does it. it, despite how much we talk about it. I talked about it on the show. Very few people do it. So I re- I responded to his message saying that they get us. They give me a support slot, and and I jump up on stage, and I was like, "Hey, Adam, man! Like, I'm sure you're aware that this is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me." But just so you know, like I saw you guys the last two times you came through Sydney. So like to think that the third time lucky, I'll be actually jumping up on stage is is insane. So like thank you for that. I hope you're super well. Like I hope mm. your family's well. Like, peace. And he just said, like, no worries, man. Like, I got you. See you in Australia. <laughs>
1: See you in Australia.
0: Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. And like that whole day, like, I was on Adam Levine's Instagram story. So I'm getting followers from that. And people are messaging me like, is this real? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> but it just
1: shows you the access you have that you don't realize you have. Mm. And that's the power of social media. And you it's know, like, you're not even, no offense. I'm 100,000 followers compared to like the, the musician industry. Totally. totally. Like you're I'm a not. drop in the water. So am I. Yeah, yeah, compared to that world. Yeah, We're drops in the water. For f- for smoke. But, like, you can Tagging is, this was a realization we all had. How powerful tagging. Yeah. If you tag me, I'll see it on TikTok. Yeah. Not many people tag me. If you do it my video, I'll see it. I might not react to it or respond. If just yeah. like you know, because it comes up in a totally different yeah. tab. it's and a whole separate section in TikTok. Yeah. So, um,
0: the other thing that I've realised, and I, I got, I managed to get onto the the number one uh, hit radio station in the country by tagging the presenter that I really like and making mm-hmm. a video about her. I did this thing where I sent her video like cupcakes that had pictures of me and her, her riding her dog, printed <laughs> onto the icing. That whole thing is a another story. But what you have to do, so many people reach out to people and just ask them for something. The only thing that I have to offer someone in a position of power in the entertainment industry is shareable content. Mm. Because everyone needs content. And if I can offer them for one day, for one
1: moment, something to share on their social media so that they don't have to create the content, they will share it. I just want to point out something with that, that woman and Adam Levine. You do to reach out asking for something. If you reach out asking for yeah. something for people that big, they, they get that all the time. Yeah, there's a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. You will achieve, you will build more genuine connections by being genuinely interested in people in two months then you would in two years are trying to make people genuinely interested in you. Mm. Don't focus on trying to make people interested in you. Focus on being interested in people. And as a result, they will then be interested in you. Yeah, You did that. You showed, you know, you knew a song. You sang the lyrics. You sent that out. You and then you tagged them. And yep. then he reached out to you. You did, did that with her. You sent her the cake with all the stuff on it. Yeah, she, I, you've just shown that you've researched her. You're interested in her. Yeah, Now she's going to go, who is this guy? How do I help him?
0: Yeah, literally all I said in the cakes was like, hey, um, like, look, I think like, I just had like my TikTok username and I was like, hey, I just made a video about you on TikTok or something like that. And then she like found the video on TikTok and they reached out to me on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, just create a piece of content that is worth them sharing because then you're doing their job for them. And there's no other way that you can do their job for them because mm. every, they've got everything that they need. Mm. But everyone is everyone struggles to make content. It's hard. You've mm. got, you know, you got to think about it. So if you can create content for someone, then they will share it. Yeah, 100%. So that's like my biggest hack getting someone's attention is just like yeah try and make them a piece of content that's valuable for them i want you to sing on my record and here's how just do it this video and sing along to the chorus then before you post just drag the added sound to zero so i can add your vocals to the remix you have 48 hours
1: you roll the dice now play the game if all my exes
0: became friends
1: So I know that on TikTok, you did this massive series, which I'm a huge fan of. And yeah. to be honest, I don't think it got enough, enough recognition because oh, it's very sick. Um, yeah. Just to summarize it real quick, okay. you basically created this song and you asked people to duet that song and then you took all these duets and turned it into like a legit song with audio, like audio files and everything. Yeah. So
0: like I had written this song uh, called Pushy Further and and the chorus, it's it's like a big, it's like an anthem that's like a big fuck you to the X um, that's, you find out is sleeping with your best friend and um and it's like this anthemic song and i it was in lockdown and and like you know you can't have like crowds of people or whatever and i was like i need a crowd but i like i don't obviously a it's like you know the whatever lockdown and b i can't afford to to buy a choir to mm. pay for a choir to record it so i was like oh what can i do what can i do maybe if i like announce it on tiktok and like get some people who are like singers to like help me out to like sing in the choir i can like outsource it through TikTok. And I was like, how can I do this? What would I need to do on TikTok? I was like, I could do it through duets. And like, okay, what would I have to do? Because if they duet my video, then my voice is going to be there, so it's going to make it, there's going to be too much like happening. And you'll have
1: like 10 versions of your voice. Yeah, 10 yeah. versions
0: of my voice and their voice. And I was like, oh, what, how do I do this? Or like, there'll be a of background noise because it's like noisy in their room or whatever. So I, I was like, I kind of like, I because I'm like a visual person, I wrote it out on a piece of paper. I was like, okay, if they record this, and then they duet duet my video sing along to me but they use headphones so that there's no feedback there's yeah. no feedback of of the of the song coming through the microphone and then they when they go before they post the video they mute the original sound they drag the sound to zero so that it's just their voice instead of the original audio in TikTok that's how it works if you duet it then they post that then I can download that from TikTok And add it to the, uh, the song recording session and I'll get their voice singing along as part of the choir. So I was like, all right, I think this will work. Um, it it might sound shit, but I think it will work. So I, I made this video. I was like, I want you to sing on my next song. And I, and I like outlined exactly how you do it. I was like, you do it this video, drag the added sound to zero, make sure you're wearing headphones. Otherwise it'll bleed. Um, and then at the second half of the video, it's just me singing the chorus of this song, Push You Further. And I posted it. And I was thinking like maybe best case scenario, like 20 people do it. And I'm thinking like the singers who I kind of know on TikTok hmm. might jump in and, and help me out. And in order to like give it a finished date, I was like, you have 48 hours to do this to kind of make it like this so people would actually do it. And over the next day or two, I had about 200 people. In a day, really. two hundred people in a day, about a day and a half. I had two hundred people, like all over the world, people who I'd never seen before, who I didn't even know were following me or whatever. I had them all of a sudden, like starting to post these duets and them singing and being like, "Hey, well, this is such a cool opportunity!" And then they sing along, and it's it was such a nerve wracking thing to do because you you don't have the the backing track. It's they're literally posting just their voice. Yeah, because they, they can't add your voice. Yeah, yeah, so like people were willing to do that because they wanted to be a part of it, and. I also made an update video where I was like, "Oh, also, if you don't if you're if you're nervous about posting the video of you singing, please just do it and send it to me on Instagram as a private DM and I'll put you in the song." And as I said, like over 200 people ended up contributing their voices to the song. And I spent all weekend going through every duet, commenting on it being like, "Look, this is amazing. Thank you so much for like joining this. I've taken your video and I downloaded every single video individually arranged it all, and they were all like different lengths and different volumes and everything. Like some of them were like, zzz, like someone had like the washing machine on and stuff like that. But I tried to get everybody in there. And I, and it struck me like I was watching all these videos of all these people who duetted and there's just like every type of person you could ever imagine. Mm. Like large, small, any color, any like sexual orientation or like, um you know, gender, whatever, like the whole spectrum. And like, as I was watching them, I was like, I spent my whole career up until like maybe starting on TikTok, trying to be cool and to appeal to cool people. Because I thought those were the people that were going to be like, oh, if someone, if cool people like my music, then other people are going to like it because it's the cool thing. And I realized at that moment, whether it's like, may not be the nicest thing to say about someone, but I actually think it's, I think, I think these people are the best fucking people in the world. They're like my heroes. None of these people were cool. They were all just normal people, like oddballs and and like friendly and like, you know, single moms and like 50-year-old dudes and like 16-year-old girls in high school, like nervous. And, And I was like, these are my people. These are the people that love my music. These are people that resonate with it. So it was like this moment where I was just like, I've been trying this whole time to be cool and I'm not cool and I should just embrace that because these people are like the people that fuck with me. So that was like my first realization. And I was like putting this thing together and I arranged it so like some people had done harmonies and stuff and submitted multiple videos of them doing like the top part and the lower part. And I like arranged it so there was like the guys, the girls, the harmonies and everything. And at the end of it, I had this choir of 200 people. And when I like got it all together, lined it all up and... I like had to I had to like auto tune some people just just yeah, yeah. like some of them were so so out but like I did my best with everybody to make sure they were all in and when I, I I remember playing it back I was sitting in my bedroom just playing it back and listening to it and I just started to cry because I was like it's just like overwhelming sensation it was just like oh, these people didn't have to do this like mm-hmm. they they you know, they went out of their way to be a part of something that I was creating, and they they put their time and they they put themselves out there. Some people were messaging me, being like, "I'm so excited! Like, I've never sung before on a song. Like, it was a big thing for them." So, like, I got super emotional about it because it was like I I felt like I had finally found like my audience and my people and people that like loved what I was doing. And then I, you know, put that all together and I sent it all send it to the mixing engineer. And I was like, hey, this is my fucking choir that I made on TikTok. And he's like, dude, this sounds incredible. It sounds like a real fucking choir in a in a concert hall. Lockdown choir. The lockdown choir, the TikTok <laughs> choir, whatever. And so we I, we finished mixing the song and mastered it. And I tried to submit it um, to Spotify as like, Pace Randolph featuring TikTok choir. <laughs> I got a message back from them being like, there's no way we're letting you call it the TikTok choir just because like,
1: yeah, rights and everything.
0: Rights and everything. So I was like, all right, whatever. What do I call them? What do I call it? And one of my big things as an artist, one of the things I try to champion, the album that the song was on is called um, An Aspiring Imperfectionist. And one of my favorite songs that I've put out there is called Embracing Imperfect. This whole thing about, we talked about on the podcast, like imperfect decisions, imperfect people, like nothing's ever going to be perfect. Just just do it. So like, all right, I call them the choir imperfect. It's like a play on like the choir invisible, which is... um. Something different, completely different altogether. But it sounded nice. The Choir Imperfect. So Pace Randolph featuring the Choir Imperfect. And it was all these people, all these cool, uncool, whatever people from all walks of life that had chosen to add their voices to my song. And we released that song. And I went through and I've written down every single one of their usernames. And when I posted the video, we'd done a music video for it. When I posted the video on TikTok and when I posted videos about it on, Inst- on, um, on YouTube, I tagged every, everyone and I was like, these were all the people in the choir and there's a whole list of them. You can go and see it. And it's just like, to this day, it's the thing that I'm most proud of that I've ever done. And I still, want to, I'm like reticent almost to talk about it because no one else has done it. Mm. You don't want to like, like someone else has done i someone like, I want to do it again because it's the coolest thing ever. And yeah. I want the choir imperfect to be something that comes up and again and again in my songs. And that people who listen to my music can always feel like, oh, I can't wait for the next time that he does this thing because mm. I can be on the next album or I can be on the next single. And I want it, I want How it. How cool is that?
1: It's and like, imagine following an artist and you can like feature, even if it's a small feature, but you're in the song.
0: And like, another thing that I want to do is like release a song and be like, all right, there's a, there's a free verse in here. Also, everyone's going to be singing along in the chorus with the choir. But one person, I'm going to pick one person who writes the best verse to be the yeah, featuring artist wow. on it. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care how many songs you've released. Whatever, if your song, if your verse is the best, you get the featuring slot. And just to be able to in, like involve people in that process, because a lot of people love to make sing or whatever, but they don't have the platform or whatever. They don't have the experience to actually release music. So, like to be able to share that is is the coolest thing that I've ever done. One hundred percent.
1: That's awesome, man! Congratulations on that. So Thank you. Definitely, guys, go check out that series. Yeah, um, I'll be posting about it as well for sure.
0: Yeah, the song is called Push You Further featuring the choir Imperfect and it's a banger. Recently, I made a promise to a mutual friend of ours, uh, shout out to Natasha Larkos, that by her birthday, I would have hit the 100k so I could have a drink with her on her birthday. Yeah, And... The morning of her birthday, I get a text message from my mom of all people because she's like, my mom is like number one fan, yeah, yeah. like checking all the time because like she wants to have a drink with me as well. I get a text message from my mom. She's like, you did it. You made it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then I check my my um, TikTok and I had had this video go viral, 500,000 views. And I went like from 90 odd thousand to 103,000 like overnight. And it just like, all of a sudden, this like, oh, this weight off my mm. shoulders. And I didn't realize how much pressure I was putting myself under to try and hit this number.
1: Which and is I, ultimately meaningless. Which is
0: ultimately meaningless. And it was amazing. I hit it on the on the day, literally yeah. the final day. I hit it on the day. It was great. We partied, celebrated. But I realized like, I'm never ever going to do that again. Yeah. I set myself this goal that was so outside of my personal control. And it was weighing on me. And I And I was and I was like making myself miserable, I realized I significantly impaired my ability to enjoy the journey of the last five mm. months because mm. I was trying to reach this goal. Mm. And as much as I'm glad that I've learned that lesson, I wouldn't, I'm never going to make a goal like that in yeah. the future.
1: Yeah, Goals should be something that you can control. Um, uh, aspirations. Exactly. Aspirations perfect. I have an aspiration to hit a million downloads. Yeah. You know, actually I, I put that that's a big aspiration of mine. I want to hit a million downloads. I want to hit certain numbers and stuff. And it's like, yes, I have a certain level of control in terms of the content I put out. But if anything like when it comes to TikTok, I posted a video that got a hundred, you know, 10,000 views once and then I posted it again a month later and it got, you know, 100,000. Yeah. And then I've gone from 800 views to a million. Yeah. And it's like it's the exact same video. Yeah. There's a lot of luck involved. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So just like and now we're, we've only just come off, only just come off the back of that. So I'm like, all right, what do I do next, sort of thing. But the pressure that has just disappeared from me after hitting that landmark, which is crazy, because it doesn't mean anything. As mm. you said, it doesn't. My life hasn't changed in any way. Mm. Um, but I feel way better now that I don't have this thing looming over me, and I'm actually more excited to make content. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then that brings us up to
1: today as a. A long, uh, long answer for the question. What was
0: your question? <laughs> yeah, what
1: was the question? Should we start of you now? Yeah, I know. Shit. No, that was awesome. No, that's um, really cool. And so I guess before we wrap up, what's the future looking like for you? What are your plans for the future? Well, this is the thing that I've learned is to not make any plans. Mm. Make no plans. Show up
0: every single day and try to maximize what you can do in that day. Mm. So I have a few things that I do in the morning to try and like get my head right. I have, now. I'm only, now I'm posting like, not, I'm not forcing myself to make and post a video every single day. I'm doing like make a video one day, post a video, post, edit and post it the next day. So mm-hmm. I have a bit of object objectivity. I'm not caught up in the emotion of like making the video and posting it, making it, posting it. Mm-hmm. I make it one day, I relax, not relax, I work on other stuff and then I post it the next day mm-hmm. just so I can like get it's more manageable for me. Um, Live shows are coming back. I had to cancel a show last week. Yeah, it sucks. Gut wrenching, um, because we had another COVID case in Sydney, but like live shows are coming back. So I've been rehearsing with the band. I've got new songs coming out in the next few months. So like just everything, man, but no plans. Mm. If a song blows up again on TikTok, that's the song that I'm going to release. Mm. Um, and also, you know, Instagram is doing well for me at the moment. Like Instagram reels are starting to pop off. I've like two weeks ago, I was on like, uh, a, thousand, a thousand something followers and now I'm on like 3,700. Mm. Which, you know, it's small time for some people, big time for me and it just goes to show like
1: show up consistently and just keep posting. and Yeah, consist- consistency is a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. I think, um, so, yeah, no plans. A lot of life lessons there. I love that. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now called The Surrender Experiment which is basically he surrenders to life and just to see where it takes him. I think he's worth 250 million now. And he was like a, he's like a, a meditation guy. He never chased the money at all. Super interesting book. It's like, interesting story. Yeah. Very similar. Like he never had any plans to do anything. He just let, you know, he just was there, put out what he wanted and um, just saw where to take him. And I reckon that's the best way to live life. You co-
0: It's like every plan I've ever made, every goal I've, maybe not every goal I've ever set, but like every like long-term plan I've ever made never even came close to
1: happening. You've got to have flexibility. When, yeah. Because when I've, I've set goals this year, but you've got to have flexibility. Because especially for your long term, the the longest term goals I set are like a year, yeah. and even then that's long. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to be in twelve months. Yeah. Every the past three years, the difference between twelve months was literally like three years ago I was working this job. Twelve months later, I had a video marketing business. Twelve months later, I've now got a podcast doing this whole thing. Yeah. Twelve months later, now I'm got three hundred thousand on TikTok doing a whole thing with all new friends and family, and not new family, but yeah. new friends and relationships. The Brent Sanders thing. The whole, yeah, that was that was even completely unpredictable. Man,
0: can I say like that is I'm like so like I guess proud. And like, impressed that you've like pulled that off and that it's like doing so well. And like, I listened to all the episodes. I think I've got one more to go. I think it's like so important. I wish like it had been talked about at my school. And I guess that's your whole thing. But like, yeah, anyone who's listening and hasn't (laughs) check out the Brent Sanders. Thank um, you. That's um, consent
1: and consequences. Yeah. It was actually stressful to do because it was like, oh, yeah, all it takes is one wrong thing. You say Mm -hmm. one wrong thing and you're gone with the cancel culture. So, and that's why he was so good because he knows what he's talking about. But yeah. Yeah. No. Thanks for that. But, anyways, I think we're on the clock for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, ask every guest this question: What's your number one piece of advice for the younger generation? Um, be completely unrelated to anything we've spoken about. Um, but yeah. No. 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 Yeah. It's um.
0: You will never ever make the right. De- you never get close to making the right decision. So fail fast. Fail often.
1: Yeah. There's two types of failures. Yeah. The first one is a f- the failure to even try. And the second one is a failure at something you've tried it. Yeah. If you're gonna fail, you might as well fail at something you're trying. Totally. Yeah. Just just fail. Because it's actually not that bad and you get used to it and you start to enjoy it. And you build that resilience every time you fail. And you get so much better at the thing that you're trying to do when you actually, yeah, allow yourself to fail. Anyway, Pace, for anyone who wants to find you, where's the best place to go? TikTok, Instagram, it'll all be linked, but Yeah, TikTok and Instagram
0: are the best. And Spotify. Spotify, of course. Um everything is the same. At Pace Randolph on Instagram, on TikTok. Yeah. Pace Randolph on Tik on Spotify. Yeah otherwise man thanks so much for coming on the show thank you bro such a pleasure um yeah let's enjoy the evening together
1: thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the podcast the fact that you would sit there and listen to me for so long uh is awesome and i love you for that thank you so much um just real quick i am starting to speak at schools a lot more frequently now so if you're in australia specifically sydney And either you're a student, maybe you're a teacher, or you've got a brother or sister in school, or you have any connections at all and you want me to come speak at a school or any presenting things, um, I am looking to ramp that up a lot. I've got a really cool school talk I've been working on for a few months now. I've just started speaking at a bunch of schools. It's been going really well. Um, so yeah, go to the link in the show notes or go to DrivenYoung.com and you'll see School Talks up the top and just click on that and send me an email. Um, otherwise, yeah, figure out way to get in contact with me. I've also got the Sexual Assault Podcast, which is now live with Brent Sanders. Um, go check that out. It's called Consent and Consequences. That is a Driven Young Productions podcast. It's something I'm very proud of. So there's lots going on. Um, definitely go check it all out. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and week.